Welcome, everyone. It is Friday, which means it's time to get in the cage here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. A pleasure to bring back to the program a man you read his stuff. You see him on TV. He's on ESPN. You can read him at ESPN.com. Does a great job covering the sport of MMA. He is the one, the only Brett Okamoto with us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline. Brett, how are you, man? I'm good, Bob. Thanks for having me on, as always. Hey, it's good to talk to you. And uh, a couple different things I want to get to, but I guess the I guess the biggest news for today, anyway, even though John Jones had been on Twitter and been hinting at this and basically telling everybody about it, but I guess it's now official that his next fight will be in February against uh, Dominic Reyes. What, what do you think of this matchup? I think it was the right call. Um, you know, I mean, is it? Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the most exciting fight that John Jones has ever had in his career, but... I would also say that there's a chance it could be. You know, I mean, Dominic Reyes is, is, is a guy who we don't quite exactly know, I think, what, what we're getting out of him. Um, I mean, he's, he's passed every test that's put in front of him so far. He's 6-0 in the UFC. He's got power. He's athletic. Um, he's only been fighting professionally since 2014. So I think if, if you're going to, um, you know, point to something that's a knock on him, it's, it's potentially inexperienced when you're trying to take on the, the arguably the greatest fighter of all time and John. But you know, John has had some close ones, um, you know, particularly Tiago Santos. I mean, he didn't look completely like himself, I thought, in that fight. I mean, I, I kind of questioned where his killer instinct was against Tiago Santos in his last title fight when Santos was badly, badly injured and clearly was only fighting on one knee. So um, I think you got a confident challenger in Reyes. He's never lost. And um, although, again, it's not a blockbuster fight, it's a fight I'm looking forward to. You know what? You you hit on exactly what the way I feel about it and what I've been talking to people about. I think it's a it's an MMA geek fight, meaning you you know who Reyes is, I know who he is, but it's not going to bring the casual fan to to, to the tube. It, I don't know how well it's going to sell, um, unless the smack talk starts going crazy and maybe maybe they drum it up that way. But it it feels like this is just a result of the division being cleaned out. Not that there's not young talent there, but. Johnny Walker seemed to be the next big name that everybody was sort of pointing to, and then he gets tuned up. And after that, there really isn't a logical guy that you could point to, and I guess Reyes is that guy. But do you think this is going to be a a fight that's going to be a tough sell? I think it will be a tough sell, yeah. But I also think that it's a a more difficult fight for John than than I think some of, you know, if you were to try to come up with some other names. Like, let's say Chris Weidman had gone out and somehow beat this guy, Dominic Reyes. You know, Chris Weidman fought Dominic a month ago, and had he won, I think he would have gotten the title shot. You know, there was a, sorry, that's my dog barking. There was already <laughs> some talk about you know Chris Chris Weidman only needed one that one win, and uh, and he would uh, he would have gotten that fight. So that would have been a bigger name. But I, I mean, clearly Dominic Reyes is a much more t- uh, tougher fight than uh, for John than, than Chris Weidman would have been. So it is going to be one of those. It is going to be one of those situations where the UFC has a hard time selling it, but it also could. I mean, I'm I'm going to have a close eye on this fight because I think it's 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 a legitimate fight for John. I mean, I'm favoring him, of course. I think he'll win, but I am not, you know, just just chalking it up as as an easy win for him. I'm certainly not doing that. Do you feel like he fights down to his opponent? And again, not not a knock on anybody he's faced. I respect anybody that has the guts to step into that cage. But when it doesn't have the electricity that Cormier has or the, you know, Gustafson almost beat him his toughest fight of his career, or, you know, some of the names or stories behind some of these fighters, I think we saw it with, with Santos. I think we saw it uh, with the fight before that, you know, two sort of lackluster wins. It, it feels like he sort of rises to the occasion. And then when the occasion isn't that big, he, he kind of fights that way. Yeah, he did the same thing with Ovin St. Preux, if you remember. Yeah, exactly, uh, when yes. He fought Ovin St. Preux, it was, one of the, it was one of the worst performances of his career. Granted, he was coming up with a long layoff. 
But I, I think more than anything, I, I think you're onto something there with him fighting down the competition. But I, I said it earlier, I, I'm starting to wonder if, if, if John's killer instinct is still exactly what it used to be. I mean, I think it's still there, and I think it could reappear at any time. But, I mean, John used to be the guy who really put guys away, you know, and he, he put them away. And, and he, he had multiple different variety of ways to finish fights, you know, and, and he had this like nastiness about him. I mean, that's really, I think the best word to say it is he was just a little nasty in there. And now not, not that he's turned into a point fighter, but I think he's being cautious and I think he's being a little conservative and I think he's, he's, he's getting older and he's maturing. And I think he's, he's thinking about his health and that's all, that's all fine. And that's, that's a, a great, actually the, probably the best thing for him. I think is he's sort of limiting risks. I mean, it used to be, he would go out there and he would really be looking to put a stamp on something. Now I think he's, he's kind of going out there and he's looking to preserve himself and he's looking to, to win. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I do think that, um, you know, it does make him slightly less marketable, obviously to, to, to most fans is if they, you know, if they tuned into a John Jones fight in 2019 and said, Hey, this is a guy that everybody says is the best. I want to see this guy. And they watched him fight Anthony Smith and Tiago Santos. They're like, I'd, I'd rather watch somebody else, you know, and I do think that's happening to him right now. Uh, last one on Jones. Let's let's play the hypothetical and say he wins this fight. There, there's really not another fight, another name at light heavyweight, is there? Because I feel like that this is what we'd be facing every few months as a guy that you and I know, that the MMA geeks know, but that that name doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it, it feels like the move to heavyweight is really the logical one if he wants the big payday, if he wants the big spotlight and all of the electricity to surround his fight. It doesn't feel like it's going to exist in the light heavyweight division anytime soon. Yeah, well, I think I think John's future at heavyweight is almost going to be dictated by things that are kind of out of his control, to be honest. I mean, obviously, the thing that's in his control is he has to hold on to the light heavyweight title and he has to remain the champion there. But, I mean, I'm not so convinced that he wouldn't already be up at heavyweight if heavyweight needed him. But right now, heavyweight doesn't need him. You know, you have Stipe as the, as the champion. You have Daniel Cormier saying he wants one more crack. At, uh, at avenging that loss before he retires, you have Francis Ngannou, who is is very deserving of a title shot. Clearly, you know, and so I think as long as you have interesting things going on in heavyweight, the UFC isn't in a big rush to get John up there. You know, that, that they're saying, hey, I think you might as well just keep defending your belt. And if you want that that huge payday, you know, eventually we'll talk about that. But but they're just not really in a rush. I think to to make that happen right now. I think they'll certainly listen. They'll certainly talk about it. But until there's an opening there and there's a big fight up there for John, then, then yeah, I mean, you may, you may see him fight, you know, Dominic Reyes and you may see him fight Corey Anderson. It just kind of depends on what's going on anyway. Also, you got that big dope Tyson Fury talking about MMA, which is, is comical that this seems to crop up every once in a while. I mean, it started back when, you know, Roy Jones and Anderson Silva were talking about fighting each other. And then we've actually seen it obviously with James Tony. And we, we saw Connor make the transition to boxing. It's, it's never, it's never good. I mean, it never works out. The only time it's ever worked is Ray Mercer knocking out Tim Sylvia way back. And outside of that, it just seems like a, a really, I, I guess, a fun bar conversation. But the reality of, of a Tyson Fury coming here, and I saw somebody putting out the Twitter question about, you know, Floyd Mayweather, how would he do against a top 10 lightweight? I'm like, he he wouldn't last 90 seconds. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a... <laughs> It's a tired storyline for guys like me and you, like you say, you know, who know what they're talking about. But, okay, I mean, I don't blame these guys for going out and just throwing it out there and seeing if they can drum up some interest because, you know, these guys want to get paid. And if they look at a fight where they could go in and box and, you know, have a little bit of fun, and if they're going to make more money than they would in a tough, you know, very, very competitive 
fight in their own sport. You know, I mean, there are always going to be guys who are, who are looking for that, you know, or just throwing it out there, testing the waters. And if they get a public response, then, then great, you know, that, that they're looking at potentially a paycheck. But, um, you know, I, I think the, the, the UFC is not interested in that, quite frankly. I think that, that they, they'd listen if they were forced to listen in the same way that they were forced to listen when Connor and Floyd did it. But if you recall, you know, if you go back to the very beginning of that, you'll see them want it. You know, the UFC never wanted that to happen. They wanted Connor to continue to do what he was doing in the UFC. And it was only because that fight was just so massive and Connor was so hell bent on it that, that they finally were, were somewhat forced to get behind it. So, um, yeah, we're going to keep seeing these conversations, but these things actually coming to fruition. You know, Jorge Masvidal calling out Camelo um, after after his oh, last man. fight. I mean, the timing was great, <laughs> and it was it was you know funny to call it out, but yeah, I don't think any of these are going to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be competitive in in either. Tra- you know, whoever goes to whichever sport, it's it's not going to be a competitive situation. Hey, did you get a chance to see uh, Ariel's interview with Nick Diaz? I did. Yep. What is your? I watched that and listen. I followed Nick for years. I mean, he's never been a wordsmith. He's not a guy that you know. You kind of have to pay attention to what he's saying. He, he communicates a little differently. Him and his brother both do. But I watched that and I was I was concerned. I'm walked away going, "What? Okay, what has happened?" Because he he seemed compromised. Is is my takeaway? What What did you feel after you watched that? Yeah, it's it's tough, you know, in, in my position as as a journalist to to jump to conclusions on a, on an interview. I mean, I think if anyone who's been paying attention to Nick's social media over over the years has, you know, is kind of aware of the lifestyle that he has, um, you know, and you, you hear some things here and there, rumors, you know. I mean, if you're associated with the sport, of just not, not nothing even even specific necessarily, but just, you know, just, again, it goes back to just kind of a lifestyle that, that Nick has has gotten into, and um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I think he was in New York for his brother's fight. He watched his brother fight. His brother lost. You know, he, he he took the opportunity to to do an interview with Ariel. He wanted to do an interview from from what Ariel has said, and um, and I think that uh, you know you you have to do this with every Diaz interview where where it's like okay, well, how am I interpreting this and how am I um, you know translating some of this because they both have a certain way of speaking, and um, and with Nick, man, I mean even even when he's talking about coming back, I just don't. I mean, maybe he will come back. Maybe he will. You know, and and uh, and the sport would would love to have him back, and he's a legend of the sport. And if he's if he's if he's right, then it'd be a great thing, you know, to see him return to the sport because he was always he was always a, a, a just one of the best personalities in it. But even hearing him say, you know, like the, that he would want to face Masvidal and even the score for his brother, I mean, I, I I'm not preparing myself to to see Nick fight anytime soon, you know, until he until he signs a contract and is serious about about making a comeback. I, I mean, I it's hard to take. It's it's hard to believe that he wants to fight. I, I just don't get that impression from him. Right. Yeah. It was just. It was. I've seen him a million times, and in that one, I'm watching, going, okay. I, I don't know. I I would hope that he was just partying. Frankly, if I'm being honest, I would hope that was the case because my other thought was, man, he's 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 punchy. He's CTE. You start thinking of all these other things. It just didn't seem as much as he's not normal compared to everybody else it didn't seem like normal nick diaz was was my takeaway but uh last thing for brett okamoto sure. before we let him go uh ben Askren calls it a career another thing that happened with ariel uh on on his show how do you sum up his brief time in the ufc i mean this is a guy who was undefeated a guy that they traded demetrius johnson for in a, in a really unique move and then man he's uh, 
is it does that just display the the gap in talent between the UFC and one the one promotion in Bellator, or was it just he ran into the guys that were the wrong style for him? You know, I I, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I do think that there is clearly a gap in talent between one and the UFC. I don't think I'm stepping out of limb on that. You know, I mean, I think that there are always exceptions to that rule, and it's not to say that that one does not have talented fighters. They absolutely do. But, I mean, the UFC does have the best talent in the world. I, I believe that, and, and I think the majority of people, if they look at it unbiasedly, would agree with me. And with, with Ben, I mean, I remember having conversations with Ben years ago about him saying he wanted to retire at, a, at an early age. That, that even when he was a child and he was coming up and he had sports figures that he um, idolized, like, like they were like the Barry Sanders type. He, he, had, he enjoyed and appreciated guys who left the sport when they were at the at their peak of their athleticism, and he always, he never wanted to be a guy who stuck around past his athletic athletic prime. And he, you know how Ben is, he's very cerebral and he's very upfront and he's matter of fact and he's like, I think you hit your athletic prime like in your late twenties, you know. And so anything after that is is like you're kind of going downhill. And in this sport, it's a little weird because you know you get more experience and you learn techniques, and and so maybe that that number is a little later in MMA, but you're you're still down going downhill athletic wise, and. So I think he came into the UFC a little late, but at the same time, I mean, if you ask me just a simple question of how do I view his time in the UFC, I mean, it was a failure. It was a failure, I think, by his definition, too. I mean, he came in, he went one and two, he got knocked out in five seconds by Jorge Masvidal, and the Robbie Lawler thing, you know, there was a little controversial there. It was not really a a definitive, clear-cut win. So I look at his time in the UFC as um, disappointing, but I also do think that that it did come later on and that he was, you know, he – I would have liked to see what would have happened if it would have happened earlier. Brett, always fun to talk to you, man. I always appreciate you taking a few minutes for me. Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thank you.